Hello and welcome to one of the most popular shows we ever do here on the In The Money Media Network. It's the Pro Players Roundtable, and it's sponsored by our friends at Millridge. I was just over at Millridge today, actually. What an incredible facility. Got to visit Oscar Performance. He was supposed to have two runners at the Breeders' Cup this year. Turns out it's only going to be one because G. Laurie is scratching, but and the winner is. Uh, looks interesting in there, and he's off to an excellent start at stud. But beyond the fact that Mill Ridge is an amazing place that's raised 36 grade one winners, it's an amazing place to visit. And I would highly recommend any listener going through Lexington, Kentucky, reach out through Horse Country and see if you can book a tour at Mill Ridge. Just an amazing place where the vision of Heedley Bell and uh, Price, who's his son and a good friend of mine, they really think about the ways that the past and the present and the future all intersect. It's a really special place, and they really respect horse players out there at Mill Ridge as well. Really, really amazing place. For more, uh, go check it out at uh, millridge.com. Peter Thomas Fornatal, back with you to host this special show. I was out at the BCBC welcome party, and I'm going to say the over-under on the number of people who said, are Paul and Sean going to be talking? Are Paul and Sean going to be talking? was about 17 uh, players really, really interested in what these two have to say. First, we'll introduce from upstate New York, legendary horse player, professional player for a long time, NHC champion, Paul Matisse. Paul, how are things? What's going on, Pete? How's everything? When I'm in Lexington, I'm generally a very happy man. I mean, I get to go see horse farms, meet interesting people, uh, you know, hang out with all kinds of interesting horse players. It's, it's just fantastic. Can't wait for the Breeders' Cup. And the cherry on top of the Sunday for me is to get to listen to you two. And I'm actually going to be actively adjusting my spreadsheets and upgrading and downgrading horses based on the things that you say to me during the course of this show, Paul. And to do it well, with that's us. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's just like going from a six-to-one shot to an eight-to-one shot. It's not that bad. You know, it's not, <laughs> it's not toss or use necessarily. I, I'm prepared enough now that, you know, it can be more, you know, along the tweaking variety. And the other guy we bring in on these shows is the guy whose idea these shows were in the first place. He knows all about what a cool place Lexington, Kentucky is. He's Sean Borman. Sean, what's up? Hey, what's happening, PTF? Really excited to get your thoughts on these races. Let's start just with your both of your general approaches to Friday. We know these aren't pick shows. You know, Paul did another podcast with our friends over at Sport of Kings that's a little more traditional. This show is going to be more about highlighting sequences horses that we're particularly interested in and and paul let's start with you on friday where do you see most of your money going on this friday card oh we're starting friday huh well we can't okay yeah i mean i think it makes sense if it doesn't throw you off too much nope nope the, the one thing i was going to say that you were talking about earlier i was just going to say this is the pro players contest uh podcast we you know you should uh don't get locked into picks you know you got to be on your toes when you're if you're a pro player, you got to be on your toes. Things can change just because you like something. You know, you got to how the tracks are playing. Uh, I think the turf could be very different than the normal Keeneland with the the temperatures being high, and they haven't used that turf course much, and especially the lanes they're going to use. So, you know, uh, I think how Baffert does, how the Godolphin horses do. I think there's a lot of factors that that may alter you throughout the uh, two days. So, uh, Love you know, that. just because you you like something last week or you heard something on that Sean and I said, or something that you and JK said the other night, uh, you know, don't get married to anything. You know, that's, if you want to be a pro player, that's, that's the thing you have to do. 
that's such a fantastic point, Sean. I'm sure you agree. And I actually quoted your uh, friend and, and mentor, Mike Maloney, on the last show. I was talking specifically about bias, but I think it really applies to all aspects of horse racing. You know, you want to dance in this game, you better do so on your toes. Does that sound about right, Sean? Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to just piggyback off what Paul said and say, if you want to be a pro player, don't. Just find something else to do. <laughs> yeah, be a high-level hobbyist. Well, well, you can go about it that way. It's just how, how you want to, you know, it's how you want to go. If you, if you want to put I'm, your bets in ahead of time and have a few drinks, that's the great thing about racing. You know, I always say that the thing about racing is so good is you can do it from so many different angles and so many different, um, from so many places, you know, if you, if you like the breeding, if you like the handicapping, if you like the horses, if you like the pictures, you know, if you like the partying, there's just, it's, it's the absolute, you know, greatest uh, pastime ever. But this podcast here, you know, we're, we're going to be serious players and, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to just give out picks one, two, three, you know, that's the thing. If you, that, that's, 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 that was all my point. No, I love it. And I think that's exactly right. I, and, and, you know, a lot of people, and I know this for a fact from that party I went to tonight, you know, they're in the BCBC. Uh, and if you're going to win a contest like that, it's not about one, two, three picks. It's about coming up with an approach and trying to, you know, maybe find some places or some situations to sink your teeth into. And the other thing I wanted to throw out to you guys both when we're talking about this card uh, Friday and Saturday and we're looking at it holistically, there's also some interesting potential ways to express your opinion with the two-day doubles, the three different ones of those they have, the all-turf pick threes. You know, there, there's a lot of different ways to, to express your opinion and try to find some value and, and get ahead of the game or at least do your best to try to get ahead of the game. And, and that'll bring us right back to Friday, and I'll, I'll, I'll throw it to you again, Paul. I mean, and the answer uh, On your point there before I do Friday, you know, the, the mistake I uh, make in the past is that, you know, I get I get – caught into the way I would bet normally. I think Sean's better than this than me, but you know, the Breeders' Cup is unbelievable how what you were saying, you don't have to you know, if you're betting Mountaineer you have to play the pick five. There's no other pool you can play in, you know what I mean? You get, yeah. you get your hands tied, you know, where you ha and, that, and then if you're in a, in a play in a pick five at some track and that's the majority of your bets, you gotta play a little defensive because all your money's gotta be in that pool because there's no way to, to play anything else. Right. You know, where in the Breeders' Cup, there are no, <laughs> there are no ties. You can, you can find any pool with a lot of liquidity, you know, and you can do it any way you want. Like you said, you can even do Friday, Saturday doubles. And sometimes I'm, it's so different than the 24-7 rigors of horseplay that I haven't done a good job of, you know, understanding that or, and just zero in for, there's way there's so many ways to make scores in the Breeders' Cup. You don't have to be, you know, it's not like even even at Saratoga, you know, it's a, you, you don't have that luxury. But the Breeders' Cup is just amazing. It's an order of magnitude better betting opportunity to me. Um, and for me, in, in you know, as I'm going through and making grids and things, and you could tell me, Paul, and then you can use this to pivot into Friday if you agree with this. I just feel like because of the sizes of the fields, because of the quality of paper on 15 to one shots, I'm willing to use, you know, A, B and C horses and just, you know, really try to find, I think the biggest challenge is 
find where I want to take my stands, but I'm absolutely willing to be a little bit spreadier because I truly believe when it comes to the Breeders' Cup, it only takes one. It only takes two opportunities to really make a, a, a decent score. Do you think that sounds about right? I think you can spread as long as you as long as you maintain, you know, the win a li- little to bet, you know, bet a little to win a lot credo. You know, you can you can. When I say that, I mean I don't always say just bet four combinations. You know, uh, there there's still you can spread within that, you know, it, within that concept as long as you're doing that. You know, you don't like, and I think that's what you meant because you're looking for the score. Yeah. Don't, don't spread, <laughs> don't spread more to get nothing. You know, yeah. in fact, you should do less of that at, at the Breeders' Cup, you know, because in a lot of, in a lot of places you, you can't cover it and there's no reason to, you know, there's just no point in it um, because you got, you got an opportunity somewhere else, you know, so um. On Friday, the, the, my main angle, which is a little weird, but I, I'm going to premise it with something else. I'm, and and I'm, I'm curious to hear what both of you guys think on it. The uh, On the Euro shippers, one thing I've found is that I think it's not just about form when it comes to the European horses, especially in the Breeders' Cup. I think it's about intent. I think you want to search and find... Well, this trainer is coming for this horse, and he's going to bring three along with it. Or this trainer, or this horse here, won a win in your inn, and they're here because they're going to take a vacation, <laughs> a free vacation, and we're going to run the horse. And and I think that there's a, a lot of different angles there with those trainers. And, you know, this idea that Aiden Bryan can't win, you know, is crazy. He just is bringing a lot of horses that he may not be pointing. But he is still pointing in there somewhere, you know, and that's what you got to find, you know. And I think on Friday, and I think this is his wheelhouse anyway, I think he's pointing these two-year-olds. You know, I don't think on Saturday he really – it might have been an afterthought. He doesn't give a shit on some of these horses he's brought over. They're over the top. He doesn't know what to do with them. But on Friday, I think both of those horses that he has in both races are well-meant, and he's here to win those. Totally agree. And, you know, I think that some of the figure work that we've seen that uh, Rob Dove, one of the top 10 pro punters in the UK today, and Stephen Bonnick have done really point to that and, and how well they potentially fit. I mean, to me, meditate the one that's more, much more of a shorter price than Victoria Road, though I, I respect the idea that Victoria Road might be a, a live long shot in there. But, Sean, you know, you're the guy on here who's done the best work on Euros out of any of us over the years. What, what do you think of Paul's statement? Uh, you know, I think I think Paul's exactly right. And I think especially with a guy like Aiden O'Brien to say that he, you know, can't ship over here and win is just, you know, ridiculous. It's, it's like the old, well, Todd Pletcher can't win a Churchill argument that was around 15 years ago. Like, that's just stupid. You know, the guy can win races anywhere in the world. He, he, you know, people conveniently leave out the fact he ran second to Aunt Pearl at the juvenile fillies at Keeneland last time at some huge number. You know, it's not like his horses can't run. It's just his recent, you know, his recent record isn't that great. But, you know, the, the, the guy can train. And I think Paul's right about these two-year-olds. They both look very dangerous to me. Um, especially Meditate. I think, I think she's 
one of the more likely winners on the on the day. Music to my ears, Sean, as I'm already down um, at that early price on her that we've talked about, but I'm still interested in her going forward. Do you think it's a question of maybe being able now to get some value specifically on those Aiden O'Brien runners on Friday? And, and what kind of tickets would you be looking to construct to take advantage of that opinion? Um, you know, I think most of my, my action Friday will be in, it's probably going to be the pick six pool, honestly. Um, because I have, you know, I think the, you know, I think cave rock is, a single in a juvenile. And I think either Aiden O'Brien's horse, uh, Victoria road or silver knot almost have to win the juvenile turf. And then, you know, that, that takes care of two legs with very few combinations. Um, so I, I, I think most of my money will go into pick six pool, but there, there are one or two little, um, exact as I want to play on price horses and, and, and stuff like that throughout this card Friday. Also, let's go for a pause for a second on the juvenile turf. You know, I certainly agree. Silver, not very likely winner being fat. Like he's nailed on overseas. Uh, I get Victoria road certainly as an alternative as we've discussed, but you, you don't give on very busy around the winner is both of whom I was considering using his A's any count in there, Sean. I don't. Um, uh, if I, I just, you know, I don't, I don't like it. I'm very busy really at all. Um, and, I, and the winner is, you know, if a U.S. horse wins it, it might be him, but I just, you know, this group of U.S. horses, are, they're just not that good um, on, on my stuff. And both of those Europeans are, are drawn really well. They're, they're faster overall anyway. Um, so I'm just going to sort of take a stay in there and say one of those two Europeans win that race. Is that your idea as well, Paul? I mean, you've already expressed an opinion positive on Victoria Road, and I'd be surprised if you didn't like Silver Knot on the ground he's going to get. Well, you know, uh, the Silver Knot, the only thing I, I am – I am really curious to see how the, the Godolphin horses, particularly the Appleby horses, run. And um, I think they're all going to be over bet. So, you know, by that time, we might not know exactly. I think coming out of that race, we'll know. And, you know, I know grounds are different and everything, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not all that forgiven on that horse, that race that he ran where he didn't show up at all. I don't like two-year-olds that aren't showing up. In that three-horse field, you know, I don't know any really, really good two-year-olds who just didn't show up and, and didn't run at all, you know. I I don't I don't like that. Uh, and and the other thing I like about uh, Victoria Road is I think Victoria Road is is going to really relish the American racing. Um, he breaks like a shot in every race, and he's from post one, which which is a benefit, uh, especially with Ryan Moore. Um, he's going to show you how to ride from post one, and he's on a bullring turf course, you know. He, He's going to show the American guys how to do it. And um, I just think he's going to, he's, he, just the way he ran over there, it fits. And I also think he's gotten really good. They might not have had, and, and I think that's probably why you're getting the, the extra price is that probably the sentiment in Europe all year was that this horse wasn't that good. 
but he's turned it on, you know, and he's, he's kind of improved more than what, and I've noticed that in Europe, the people are get set in what they think is the horses. So if you can get, if you can get the horse that improves and does something kind of out of the ordinary before everybody else, they're kind of slow to adapt. They kind of got their, they got their thought process. And I think it's probably because the different grounds and they got to give excuses all the time. So they stick to what, you know, a class type system where this horse is better than this horse and that horse is better than that. It just was this, that is the reason why he ran bad. And I think you can sometimes benefit on that when, when a horse improves, you know, they're, they're a little slow to react to it. I just want to mention one horse in that juvenile turf race. That's a bomb more underneath, but Mustache is a horse that ran really good sprinting last time. I think they blew it. I think they should have run in the sprint. But I kind of understand why they're going long because he, he's kind of bred for it. But um, the way that the the, turf, the juvenile turf sprint came up, I think it would have been perfect for him. It's loaded with speed and, and the way it it's shapes up. You know, it's crying for a horse like the way he ran last time. But he, he, he was much improved in his last race. And I'm not even sure he has to go forward to get in it. And a horse who runs like that sometimes, especially a two-year-old, will, will move forward. Unfortunately, he drew bad. And he's probably going to have to ride. He's going to have to ride him cold, and go back to last. So, I don't know about a win proposition, but he's he's a lot of he's a lot of price. So you don't have to, you know, you can throw him in. He's fast. I'll give you that for sure. Let's no, go he's back going to... back. Yeah. He's going back. The 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 experiment of I it may have been by accident because when he broke bad, but if you watch his last race. Yeah, he wants to ramble home. He wants to, he, <laughs> he wants to come running. He doesn't want to go near the lead. I just meant fast in terms of like overall. He's fast. Like he, he'll, you know, if you just look at numbers, this is a course that's pretty quick for a twenty to one shot. You know, but yeah, well, that race is it. That's a whole story that I, Sean and I could talk about, but we you know, probably don't have time. And it might have been implement on the on the uh, turf sprint, but that figure there's a wide array. On figure makers on that on that uh, on that race, I know that the buyers have it real real slow, which I have no how no way how no idea how they came up with that. And surprisingly, the thoroughbred has it really fast, and I have no idea how they how they have it so fast. So, uh, <laughs> but like you said, if it's just in the middle, it's fast enough. <laughs> Let's go back though to to um, you know not not to give you a hard time, but just to talk about Silver Knot. And I want to bring Sean's thought in. I totally buy the idea that it was just the ground at uh, at Doncaster, just because when you watch that tape, as I'm sure you have, he just like keeps flipping his leads. Like it just looks so uncomfortable to me. It, it was a case where I was inclined to be extremely forgiving. And, and you know, Paul, I trust you more than me, frankly. So maybe I'm being too forgiving. But Sean, what do you think? I mean, how likely a winner is? Is silver not? I mean, I take the idea that Victoria Road could be better value, but I mean, this horse, if he runs his last race, wins clear, doesn't he? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you know th- about the ground. I- I'm typically not real apt to just say they didn't handle the ground. Um, I-, I hate. You know, I hate that excuse. They didn't handle the track, this and that. To me, those are usually just excuses. And if that horse was coming in just off that race, I would have real questions. But his last race was so good. Um, 
Do you have that, that race fast, John, and the stuff you tried to do over there? The yeah, the ten eight race I did. Yeah, yeah. Because well, I, mean, I don't think he was going to win. I don't. I, I actually think he was the third best horse when I watched the race. I figured it was the best race there because uh, of the horses that were winning the other races. They seemed to all be in that race. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, I thought that Holloway Bay got blocked the whole stretch, and if it got through, he would have won. Yeah, you know, I think it's fast. I think it's the fastest race any of these horses have run. Um, but I always had it as a 92 buyer for what that's worth, just to give you some context. Who did? Rob Dove and, and yeah, Stephen Bullock. Yeah. yeah, I've got it 93-ish. Um, but good finish, you know, like real, real good two-year-old grade one turf finish, you know, high 90 finish. So... But, you know, the thing I was going to say is this horse is going to be such a short price. Would you like him if he was third? Would, would he be Would he be such a universal favorite if he was third in that race? He might I, be. I'm I, just asking. I, 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 I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm basically just looking at the figures. Yeah. Not the, the actual form of it. But, you know, I just know – the way Appleby's been and he's going to, he's a big favorite. He's a huge favorite and he's yep. going to, you know, he's probably going to be over bet. Uh, and, all, and what Paul said earlier is exactly right. All these Appleby horses are going to be over bet. Um, <laughs> so, if, if, until they start losing, <laughs> if they, if they do, yeah, yeah but <laughs> I don't know. Then, they might just all win, but you know, that's, yeah, they might, that's what but I just, you know, I, that's why, you know, I know the two horses, you know, Cave Rock is going to be a very short price, and, and Silver Knot is going to be a short price. But that's why I'm going to try to leverage that, um, you know, that that sort of double in, into a longer pick sequence and, and try to catch some value in other places. Um, you can't, you know, you can't get in there and play that double. It's going to pay about three to one, maybe. I mean, after Jonathan bets 15 dimes on it, it might pay less than that, Sean. Well, yeah, and then he, he goes on the most listened to radio show in all of Kentucky and, and says, I'm going to bet, you know, I'm going to make this huge bet on this combination, and there'll, there'll be another, you know, 10,000 of just $1 tickets from the listeners just taking back and <laughs> his ass. He was so, on KSR touting that? I'm not exactly sure that was the smartest idea in the world. I'm going <laughs> to make a prediction that the parlay pays more than the double. That's funny. He should think about that, honestly. Yeah, what, he's done it already. Think as much about as it I now, want to make fun of Jonathan on this show, you, you say so. You think in those first three races you can get enough equity to go run a runner on the end? Who are you know? Give me a horse or two, Sean, who you're interested in those first three legs on Friday, and then Paul, <laughs> we'll let you give one more thought on Friday, and then we'll pivot. Um, I don't have a ton of opinion. I'm just going to sort of try to get through the first two legs, the the marathon and the uh, juvenile turf sprint. But I, I do think of the juvenile turf sprint. There's there's opportunity to catch a price with a closer in there because that almost has to be an insanely fast pace. Um, and the platinum queen is really good, um, but from that draw and pace scenario, she's got a little speed to her. 
I just think she's probably going to be a little overbet, and and some horses like Private Creed and uh, Persian Force, and and some of the closers I think offer a little value in there. Lady Hollywood, maybe. Um, but uh, you know, the horse I'm probably going to press the most is Atomically in the in the Juvenile Phillies. But I do think Paul. Did we lose you, Sean? Sounds Sorry. like we did. Oh, he'll yeah. come. Hopefully, he'll come back. Yeah, I Atomically is a horse I've heard some uh, talk about. Paul, do you buy Atomically at all in there? He's the wise guy horse. He he's not be, he's not going to be twelve to one. Everybody I know likes Atomically, and you know it's a it's a good it's a good horse to talk about with Sean and I because that was a it wasn't an easy figure to do. And they bought the horse off that figure. The weird part about it is he, she, uh, she ran good anyway in the race in Florida, but they ran faster than the Colts. But the a lot of these guys who split roots and variants, they 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 split it that figure up a little higher because the the race in the Colts was a meltdown and it was slower than the Phillies. So it was a it was a really tricky. Tricky read on the figure. So, you know, he, I think he's a little overblown because I think they've, everybody's going up with the figure and, and the trip and saying, geez, this horse was unbelievable in this race. And now now it's switching over to Pletcher. Um, and I'm not 100% sold, especially if she gets bet. You know, a 12 to 1 would be all right, but I, I'm not I, – I get the feeling that, that she's going to be uh, – she's going to be the, the – what do they call it? The market mover on the <laughs> Churchill fee. <laughs> <laughs> I worry about the, uh, I just worried about the situation. I mean, what kind of trip do you think she's going to get, Paul? I think she'll be all right. I, I think there's enough uh, pace in that race. I, I think it'll, it'll, it'll at least be a, a tr- truly run race. Um, I, I wouldn't worry about that so much. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, you're back, Sean. We're just okay. talking about the atomically figure and some of the figure disagreement about it. it it looked to me like like you had her as an, an improving sort but what did, did did you take a look at what your figure looked like versus the commercial figures and and, and have a comment on on how that figure might have been made i i, I don't i'm gonna look at it right now uh, just how it compares to the commercial figures yeah i mean so buyer it. has 83 yeah i've um, got it right scale, around that too. time form would be about 79 um I think I looked at your figure, Sean, and you had it in the low 80s. Paul, where did you have that one? High 70s. Yeah. So I mean, with it, it's not that wide of a not that <coughs> wide of a band. No, but I think the, in order to win this race, it's going to land, you, you know, mid 80s. It's a lot easier to see her winning if, if you if you thought it was low 80s versus high 70s, I would guess. But it 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 doesn't really matter. It's just that. I think that the, that she might be over that, but I always get nervous. And Sean, you and I have talked about this before. I get nervous when you see figures that are earned by a horse so on and near the lead, right? And then you look at a pace map of this race, and there's conservatively seven horses who've been faster early. Like I just think it's a rat a rotten situation for a horse we think might be over bet. Yeah, but watching her last race, she doesn't. She's been she's gonna rate. a 
lead, but she doesn't need the lead at all. Yeah, okay. she's going to rate today. So. Was, was I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be worried about that. Okay, yeah. That makes me like her a lot more if she's not overbet, just on the way she fits on figures. Um, but before I cut out, I was gonna I was gonna see if Paul would uh, talk about American Rocket. I, I, I actually him. that's my long shot in the race. I think Chop Chop is the logical horse, and uh, but American Rocket I think is one of these horses that is just a visual. You know, yep. it, it's if you're using if you're using any handicapping tools, you won't come up with her. But if you watch her races, they're there's more in her than what she's what that paper shows. She just hasn't had the opportunity to show it. And I don't know if she's going to show it tomorrow, but I like the fact that Mott's running. So, so I think he's probably got the same idea that I do, that this is a talented filly and she's doing good. And I'm going to take a shot that, that she puts it all together, you know, going two turns on uh, Breeders' Cup Day. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if she doesn't. And I, I think at the very least she can get in it at a, at a, a, a number. I think it's really interesting. I, I think you, you've expressed that so perfectly. I have nothing to add. My thing about this race was that all I wanted to do on paper was beat Chocolate Gelato. And then there we were the other day um, at, uh, at Keeneland. And completely independently, Vanessa Ryle and I had the exact same impression, like saw her moving was like, who is that? And that it's this two-year-old filly that looked nothing like a two-year-old filly. I have trouble. And I'd love your guys advice on this. And you might just tell me to, you know, go back to sleep. That might be the answer, but you know, I'm, I'm numbers oriented too, but I have a lot of trouble when I see something like that. I have a lot of trouble getting off of the, the soft, visual impression when it contradicts the numbers like that what what am i just give me forget your own opinion of chocolate gelato knowing what i saw and what i thought going in what am i supposed to do with chocolate gelato sean uh better off the figures and the actual data and not how she looks on the track she's still though it's not like she doesn't fit on the figures she's just not some big standout no no i uh, you know it, it, you, you, you need to decide at what price you'll take her. Right. If it's three to one and she's two to one, don't bet her. If she's, I think my number, I think I feel like she's a three to one shot after seeing her. Okay. Well, there's a lot uh, of good looking horses that are unders. Yep. Yeah. There's a lot of good look, looking horses that are just shitty. Um, <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of bad looking horses that, you know, that are overlays. You got, it can yeah, help you. So. It can help you get to a point in in to get to a point of, of what you think of a horse, you know. And it can actually prevent you from making a mistake, you know. But I wouldn't do a one eighty on it. You know what I mean? Right. No, that so if it gets sense. to be the point where you you like her so much that I I can't go against her, doesn't mean you have to play her. You know what I mean? If you if you think that she's She's no value, even though, even though you like her, it's no different if you like her in the form and don't think she's any value. You know, you know, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely, that makes complete sense. I mean, she's one that I would have been in the defensive use category. You know, B type. Uh, who, who I, I mean, I just feel like for me is now 
solidly upgraded into into an A. I mean, just looking at the figures, she's among the fastest anyway. So it's not it's not some massive stretch. It's not it's not taking you know. Oh, I wish I could remember the name off the top of my. Oh no, I did. Princess Noor. Remember Princess Noor a couple of years ago? Any Is that the figure, Bafford horse? Yeah. Any owned by uh, Amir Zidane. Yeah. Um, anybody who used figures hated that horse. She could have looked like a statue. I, I would have still bet against her. But I mean, chocolate gelato. Uh, I mean, look at it. You guys were kind enough to to let me peek at your numbers before the show. She's not the fastest horse in the race, but she's not the third fastest either. I mean, she's right there. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. And uh, I just think that. Uh, and I, you know what? This race is a little weird too, in the fact that because it's in Kentucky, I got a feeling that Chop Chop, the horse I like, actually is going to be overbet, and and you might get a little bit more on Chocolate Gelato than say if it was run somewhere else. You know, I I'm not sure how the the general public is going to take some of these New York horses in some of these races if they're going to be bet with the same vigor, you know, as they are on a on a, on a daily basis on the breeders cup. It may not be that. I don't know what Sean, Sean might have an opinion on that. I, I, Cause I'm not sure how it's going to be, but it wouldn't shock me if, if uh, chocolate gelato drifts a little bit. Yeah. I think the fact that it's Brad Cox, I, I, that, that could hurt the price a little bit. I, I don't disagree with that. I, you know, I personally, I'm having sort of just a hard time figuring out, how they're going to bet this race exactly. Um, Cause you hear, you know, I've heard in, you know, from multiple different sources that you're my girl is doing great. looks tremendous. So like she could take some money that you don't really expect. Um, I've heard people touting wonder wheel. I've heard almost nobody touting chocolate gelato. So, you know, if she did float up, that wouldn't shock me at all. Um, it, it, you know, it's just sort of a, it's, it's not a great group of horses that that have all never run to par, and a lot of times that will 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 leave you with a chaotic result or just a race that's just harder to handicap, in my opinion. Yeah, and to throw a monkey in the wrench too, Dev, Sean. Believe it or not, somehow the thoroughbred has got her paired up with like uh, highest ever two-year-old <laughs> Philly numbers. So, the two. No, they, the fours on the thoroughbred. She's paired. She's oh. paired fours in the. Oh, which horse? The, the your chocolate girl? gelato. I don't know oh, how he came gelato. up with that one. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how a lot of these numbers are come up with anymore, Paul. It's. Uh... Well, the only thing I will say is that race that day they they were riding the the eight or nine path, but I don't know. It's all it's all relative. If everybody's if everybody's six or seven wide, I, I don't know how. Must have gave a lot of points for being wide. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking, actually, I just pulled up the sheet, the third graph sheet on Chocolate Gelato, and they definitely are giving extra credit for that. Uh, for that, They have it as four wide in that spot. But we've probably spent too much time on the, on this race specifically. I, don't, I do want to throw it wide open for any other thought or betting idea that we have on Friday before we move on to Saturday, guys. Sean, we'll, we'll start with you, and a totally acceptable answer is that you're ready to move on to Saturday. I've got one... Straight exact, I'm going to play, which is Cave Rock on top of Wound Up in the Juvenile. Wound Up, interesting. What's the case there? 
Wound up. He flew home last time, ran a huge late pace number. He's been long. You know, he's coming turf to dirt. He's never been on dirt, but his breeding tells me that shouldn't be an issue at all. Mendelssohn distorted humor, man. I, I, I don't I don't love the rest of this field past Cave Rock. And I just know these young horses that throw triple digit late pace numbers have the ability to really jump forward. Um, and it's going to be, I think, great value. That's the main reason I'm doing it is, uh, you know, I think – I think that could pay enormous. So it definitely will. This horse is going to, this horse isn't going to draw a dime. And, no. you know, to your point, I mean, you know, any pedigree rating is going to have this horse being his strongest at going long on the dirt. And you've never had to twist my arm to include a Michael McCarthy runner in any sequence. Paul, how about you? A- any further thoughts on Scott? You're looking to get. I actually wish I could have, I wish I could have bet that. That Sean would have liked wound up. That's that's my <laughs> opinion on the. I I actually wrote if we had if we were zooming this I would show you my thing. I I have written down on on him ridiculous bomb, but even so I don't think he's good enough. That's what I, that's what I wrote down for that for that horse. But I knew that Sean would think that he had a chance with the. He had to have a huge uh, late late pace figure in his last race. Yeah, and he and he probably I mean he has almost zero chance to win. But at you know that exact has got to be paying sixty to one, maybe thirty or thirty to fifty to one, uh, you know. And there's also he, bets called a, the trifecta and superfecta. You, you, you exactly. Can in. But any of these two day bets interest you, Paul? Well, you know, I uh, I started thinking about that yesterday or earlier today. That I that I might, um, the the uh, w- w- is there one, there's a one into the distaff. Yes, juvenile fillies into the distaff. Yeah, because I, I don't I'm not going to spread in the juvenile filly, and I'm definitely going to play one. I know I know I'm going to play one combination in that bet, and probably that's it. <laughs> I'm going to play American Rocket to Nest. So there you go. I'm... I like it. We'll, we'll maybe that means on Saturday we'll go wildly out of order and start with the distaff because I'm a little surprised. Not that I don't respect Nest; she's freaking awesome. But I just feel like this race just isn't as cut and dried as the international markets have have had it at all. Paul, I feel like. There's other horses who are just as fast as Nest who are going to be a little bit longer prices. What's your attraction to her? You may have to change the name of your podcast and follow the money. Not in the money. Follow the money. I think the money's right. (laughs) The the more I just looked at this race, the more I've come to the conclusion that those other horses that we've been arguing about for a year, who's better? Clarier, Malathot, search results. Who's better? You know what? Who gives a shit? They're not all none of them are that great. They they've all taken turns beating each other. They're close, to whatever. And Nest is, uh, I think, a superior filly. She is a great filly. And what my one of my main themes on the whole Breeders' Cup because it's what's happening in, during the year is that the three-year-olds are beating the older horses almost across the board. That Annapolis won on the turf. Modern Games won on the turf. The the 
the dirt horses are winning. Um, unfortunately, we didn't we didn't get a sprinter, but I, I think J- the Christopher Horse was going to win if they didn't scratch him because they they got mad at Chad. The uh, and I think the three old filly is going to beat these older horses that have been beating each other up. And frankly, I'm sick of deciding who's better between Melathot and Clarier. And I, and I just have come to the conclusion they're they're very very good fillies or very good fillies or mares, but they're not great. And Nest, I believe, is great. And she's going to show it, I think. And I, I think she's the most likely winner on the whole on the whole Breeders' Cup. Wow. Wow. More likely wow. than Flightline, really? Oh, yeah. We're, we're going to get into that later. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, this is, this is my favorite podcast by far, by the way. Sean, let's bring you in, first of all, to discuss Nest. I mean, one thing that I don't like about Nest is I look at the commercial figures and I look at your guys' figures, and the commercial figures have Nest four points, ten points, in some cases more, higher than what you guys have. When I see you two having a figure, you know, four points, ten points, fifteen points, lower than the commercial figures, it just makes it very hard for me to get stuck into that, you know, presumptive favorite. I mean, I think Paul makes a good case, but I'm curious to see what you think, Sean. I'm I'm very surprised that that Paul likes her as much as as much as he does. Um, for that exact reason, I just uh, I know she's drawn off and winning by fifty links, and she's a super filly and should be in the classic and blah blah. blah fuck off! <laughs> she didn't run that fast last time. I'm going to bet the other three year old filly. I'm going to bet Society because I think she's clearly improving. I think she gets loose and I, you know, I think she's just as visually impressive as Nest is. And, you know, society reminds me of a whole lot of spun to run in that she's just getting fast at the right time. She's going to get the right trip. She's going to be a good price. And I think she wires this field. I agree with Paul that the olders are just okay. And I agree that Nest, if they keep her in training, could be a really good mare at some point. But I just don't know it's going to be Saturday. I mean, she's good, but I just, I'm not, I don't think she's a lock to win by any stretch. Let's get your thoughts on society, Paul. I mean, you your own figures have her very fast. Yeah, but, you know, look what happened when society ran against Nest. I mean, if Nest wanted to, if, if Nest wanted to send... I think she can get the lead in this race. She did it before. She got, she, she put, she put away society like she was nothing when they ran against each other. And then society goes, goes out and uh, trounces two fields. I think society is one or nest is one without trips. The more I looked at the race, the more I looked at her, the more I said, you know what? She's just better than all these horses. She got into a duel with, and, when they all when they all set in the race and co- coaching club, and she's the only one that was left standing. She won by twelve, I think. The race, the race she won at the in the uh, after that at Saratoga, Irad rode her like a total idiot and was trying to lose, and he and he she won by six. And the pace was kind of slow and weird. And the last race, if he'd rode her, she would have won by fifty lengths. She would have won by more lengths than Flightline if she if, in that other race if she if she wanted to. And I, I think she's going to move forward. So, and I, I, that's all it takes. I think it's all it takes is move forward and, and, and those other horses can't touch her. 
Let's go back to the race that Paul refers to, the Coaching Club America Oaks, where obviously Nest absolutely buried society. I my read was simply that society's gotten just better since then. I wasn't evaluating her off that form line, but I mean, you make a good point, Paul. What what do you think, Sean? Well, I, I'll preface this by saying I love Paul. I learn something every time I talk to him, but it, it is completely unfair to hold that race against society. She stumbled at the break. She got an advice on the first turn. She rushed up into a much faster pace than she ever had run, and she quit. But since then, she's run just as fast early, and she's drawn off, and she's finally finishing races like a good horse. And she's just gotten, I believe, since the CCAO, she's just gotten much better. Now, maybe she stumbles coming out of the gate again, and she needs the lead, and she gets drilled again. I don't know. But I'd much rather have her, you know, loose because they're going to let her go. They're not going to do they're not. They're certainly not going to do with her with Nest and search results. You know, they're going to ride her like they always ride her and flop. They're going to let society go and they're going to flop outside the press because everybody wants to be outside speed nowadays. And, uh, you know, Nest is going to be close and Nest very well could be the best horse. But at eight to five. I don't give a shit. I've got society running three links faster than Nest last time. And I never have bought into the idea that, you know, visually impressive slow races could have been much faster if they tried harder. That never works for me. So I just, you know, I just don't. I think Nest is a huge underlay. We spent a lot of time on this race, but I got to make another point. I mean, I think everyone including like randos on Twitter agree that it was a speed favoring kind of an inside day on uh, at parks on the, the Pennsylvania Derby day. Paul is some of your like skepticism about society based on the fact that she was presumably helped a little bit by the way that racetrack was playing. And, and let's start there. And then of course, Sean, I'll ask for a reaction to it, but is that part of your skepticism about that form line? Well, yeah, it definitely, it definitely is figure wise. It is. I would say that the argument with uh, that they run the same figures, I think it's because of that. And I also, I don't think she's making a mile and an eighth against a horse like Nest. I, and even like search results, I think they're going to inhale her at at some point. The only way I could I could see society winning is if it's a ridiculously speedway, which it hasn't been this year, but you never know at Keeneland. It could always happen. <laughs> um and that, that would maybe change it a little bit. But by that time, I really don't care because I think that if it's if it's if it is that way, I think the the nest is gonna react. I just I just I've come to the conclusion that she's the best horse and it's not close. It's fascinating. I mean, what a great, what a great, this is what these shows are all about, honestly. I mean, you know, the, the, the listeners can draw their own conclusions. I mean, I can see the world in which, you know, Nest has all this upper sleeve based on the trips. I mean, my read was to challenge JK, who had said he thought this was a Pletcher layup and, and take the two uh, Asmussen's against him. And, you know, that's probably how I'm going to largely play the race with the four and the eight, but, uh, you know, in case Paul is right, I'm going to have a saver line where where Nest is just the best <laughs> in this. All right, we've got to move on to some other races here on this Saturday card. I'll, I'll start with the question that I normally would have asked had we not had such a logical segue 
Which sequence on the Saturday card, Paul, are you the most interested in attacking? You know, I don't know yet because uh, it, it's a, I hadn't really thought about the sequences yet because these these different races are it's it's a mixed bag of of races and especially those uh those two sprint races early on where by all accounts you want to get bet against both both favorites and when when you open up the paper and you just see how who's going to run with either one of them and it it just starts to you know I'm I'm talking about Jackie's Warrior and Golden Pal you know you your instincts are before the before the before you look at those two races that you want to bet against them, and about five or ten minutes in, you start realizing how how are they going to lose? <laughs> <laughs> Something's going to have to go wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, how do you reconcile that? I'm not sure. As far as that's why I said with these, I, I'm not sure exactly on the the horizontals. You know, I. I think that's trouble for any horizontals that those two are in because uh, I, I don't know. I, I've struggled. I would struggle to have to single both and I can, I can deal with them more in verticals or maybe even a double, uh, you know, but uh, maybe even a pick three, but I, I don't know. And, and I think they're in, they're in the, they're together in a bunch of them too, aren't they probably? Cause they're not that far apart. I would say anything that includes those are going to be trouble for me. You've got, well, the sprint is the seventh and we, we've got the turf sprint a bit earlier in the fourth. So yeah, they're connected, but it's not like they're next to each other. Sean, how does golden pal look to you? I mean, this is a horse that, I mean, I just struggle to get right every time. I do feel strongly. Like Paul said, you're supposed to bet against the horse. You have a great, track record of success in this race. What are you doing with Golden Paul? Uh, you know, honestly, I'm not going to play it this year because I, I don't I don't trust Golden Pal at all. Um, but I also I also think he's he can run elite sectionals in the middle of this race around the turn that could just bury the rest of this field. Um and that that could make him a winner at a shorter price. So I, I'm not I'm not really interested in in betting the race or taking him on or anything. I'm just I'm just going to watch. I get it. You two both have the figures for Golden Pal recently way slower than the commercial ones. That's one of the things also that makes me want to want to take him on. And I just feel like it's a year where maybe the Euros get a little bit a little bit underrated. So I'm going to take a little shot against, but. But not a huge shot against. Him. I don't. I don't blame you. You know, I don't blame you because he he hasn't been good in in, his, in the last two races. Let's put. The, I shouldn't say he hasn't been good. He hasn't been the Breeders' Cup of last year or the, I think it was the Shaker Town that he ran in early on. I mean, the, yes, it's not hasn't been the same horse since he came back from Ascot, and obviously that was a debacle. But he didn't run all like you know he didn't perform you know there. that wasn't his fault. You can it wasn't his fault, it. but you know yeah. it. My rat's looking the wrong way when the gate popped. I mean, literally. yeah, absolutely. You can't hold that on, against him. Yeah. yeah, but it just, you know, there's no recency there, you know. But the only thing I could say that maybe could be an issue for him is that the horse that's right outside of him, um, 
navel crown. I noticed that he beats the gate almost every time he runs. You know, mm-hmm. and he's unfortunately, pretty- I don't think he's much of a horse, but uh, he could uh, he could be a problem for him if he, let's say, Golden Pal doesn't catch the flyer that he caught. You know, last year. You know, maybe that he could get into some kind of trouble. But I'll tell you, you know what the the thing that was upsetting to me the most about this race, Pete, is the two horses that I had interest in, they didn't put in the body of the race. Right. I actually, I actually thought the two most likely horses that could beat them were the are the two AEs, and I get it. All the other Wesleys are okay. They're they're pretty solid horses, and they're, in fact, I think if he loses, he might. Um, he might be the one to beat <laughs> Wesley might be the one that beats him with the, uh, with one of the, one of his other horses. But I know it just doesn't seem fair that Wesley's got four horses in there and the favorite and, and they put two horses that can definitely win on the AE. Yeah. I think Naval crown could be a rabbit for, uh, for creative force. I mean, that, that's without a doubt. Idea. Yeah. That's an I, and, that, and that burns it me too, a little bit. The other horses on the AEs and we got a rabbit in the race. Yeah. <laughs> Let's pivot to the sprint because, Sean, you know, I know it ex- It hasn't exactly worked out for you, but, you know, I, I think as I was describing my relationship to Golden Pal, I don't know that it's that different from your relationship with Jackie's Warrior. What, it's like being skeptical, trying to beat, but then giving maybe, you know, but then sort of half being on side at times when, when it doesn't work out for the horse. What do you make of Jackie's Warrior here as – the world's biggest Jackie's Warrior critic on record. Hey, I, I will have you know, I scored pretty nice in the Breeders' Cup when he got beat last year. So okay, okay, apologies, apologies. I thought, I, I, thought, I thought you ended up using at least half your money through him, but that doesn't mean you didn't score. No, I, uh, Jackie's Warrior. God bless him. Every time Paul and I talk, Paul and I are on the show. Jackie's Warrior's running some. <laughs> um. You know, before the forego, Paul, you had Paul and I on, and you know, I said Jackie, he's not running as fast early as he as he used to, but he's finishing his races better. Um, and I'm going to stick by that because he, you know, he lost the forego, but he ran his race and he still finished nice in there. And I think he just got beat by a really good, really sharp horse. Um, in Cody's wish. And the rest of this field is bad. Um, I know Kamari's getting good. And, you guys both have Kamari very fast. Yeah, but here's the thing. She, you know, she's going to have to extend herself much faster early to stay in shouting distance to where she can get you know, get that finish that she had in the last race. And I just think that cooks her. Like, I don't, I don't think the trip on Saturday is going to suit her. Um, and the same thing with the lead power, they're both sort of, you know, were tactical last time and, and up in a slow pace and, and ran good races. But, you know, Jackie's biggest weapon is still, you know, his quicken around the turn. He's, he's, he's pretty similar to golden pal. Actually, you know, he, he tries to bury the race around the turn instead of in the lane. And, you know, before he had any real finish that, that killed him, but 
now that he can finish races some, and the pace of this race just just cannot be fast. Um, you know, for a Breeders' Cup sprint, there's there's just no speed. So he's going to be very hard to beat. Uh, you, everybody knows I don't like the horse, but I also, you know, to me, he's the second most likely winner on the card behind Flightline just because of the scenario he's found yet again where he can do his thing and, and you know, he doesn't finish like a 10 claimer anymore, but he doesn't finish like a grade one sprinter either. I lied, actually. Paul does not have him that fast. It's Thorograph that has her, excuse me. Thorograph and Sean have Kamari pretty darn fast. Paul, on your figures, I mean, is this a clear bet against despite the situation? No, no, I don't think so. I, 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 uh, she's just a, a point or two behind uh, Jackie's Warrior, my stuff, right? Um, Kamari. And, and I agree with everything Sean just said. And because of that, I can see a scenario where Kamari could run Jackie's Warrior down. I think if Rosario gets too cute, like he did in the Vanderbilt, and goes slow, goes real slow, you know, uh, and just figures that he can he can out sprint anybody. I think if Kamari got brought into the race and they lined up, you know, maybe single file and Kamari tips out, turn it for home. It, it, th- this race could go that way. It it's possible because there's a bunch of horses that don't even have any speed. <laughs> for for a six long dirt race, there's lots of them. So, and, and also I think what uh, Jose Ortiz is riding uh, Kamari too, which I think will probably lead to Kamari being closer than she normally is. Just to, just in general, the way he rides. So I think uh, if Rosario isn't smart about it, I could see a scenario where Kamari she's very game and very determined. Uh, you can't take that away from her in her last two races. If, if, if it comes into like what, what Sean's saying, you know, a stayer race with a 46 half or a ridiculous 45 and change half, and they just come sprinting home, you know, I, it wouldn't shock me if Kamari could out sprint Jackie's Warriors home. I, I'm not sure I want to bet on it, but it wouldn't shock me, you know. What, uh, what do you think you'll do with this race? I don't know. I got a couple, you know, just. Uh, I got an outrageous horse that I think that can get in it. And even though he got a, a setup when he ran the big figure, um, flash of mischief on the outside. In that same scenario, if Jackie's Warrior doesn't open up and, and the track is playing maybe a little bit where the, uh, the outside's a little bit better, I could see a scenario where he could get in it because I just don't think there's going to be a lot of movement. You're going to be a lot of these horses that are these one run horses that are, are going to be up against it. And uh, you might see one of these races where just nothing moves. And I, I like his, I like his spot in that, in that, in that scenario too. So, and I just, I'll just mention because it's pretty funny with the, everything else. American theory is, is my Jackie's warrior to, <laughs> to, to, to Sean. I was on that horse, and I, I had I figured out that 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 horse was had more ability in, in him when he was running bad, and I picked him on one podcast and I bet him a few times. I think I even bet him on a poly track when he ran on that. Figuring coming up with a scenario that he could could run on that. And as soon as I gave up, he started running, <laughs> and so 
maybe if he could stay close in the same kind of scenario, uh, uh, I, it wouldn't it wouldn't be shocking, especially with the fact that I've heard he's he's trained real well. I think even at Keeneland, right? In this, or it was all at Santa Anita, but. Uh, I know that there's some clocker reports out there that that really like his uh, his workouts leading into this. So I'm what, not going to take it serious, though. To answer the, the, your original question, I'm not going to take it serious. But the but I'll tell you this. I mean, just looking at the commercial figures on Flash of Mischief, you know, which are three digits, that's not too bad for a 25 to one shot. You buying that case at all, Sean? I'm tempted to at least use as a C after what Paul said. Yeah, I could see it. Um... Especially, you know, especially in that that scenario that Paul described of of sort of a merry go merry go round race, and um, he just gets in a good spot and is, you know, just able to hold on over over some of these other horses that just aren't really that good. I, you know, that's not the most insane thing I've ever I've ever heard. No, probably about fifteen more minutes before we stretch my stamina here as a podcast host. So I'm just going to get. To some stuff that I really want to, you know, ask. But before we get into the the, the super drill downs, I do want to talk to you, Sean, about where you see your main opinion, your main sequence that you see putting yourself money into, uh, or you know, making your stand in the BCBC on the Saturday card. Um, you know, I really like a horse in the mile uh, that I will probably. My whole day, not my whole day, but, I, you know, if this horse wins and a few other things happen, then I'm, I'm probably just going to retire and not do this anymore. Uh, I really like Pogo um, in the mile, and I think he's going to be a huge play. He is. So I will play, like, pick sequences leading into him. Um I'll play a good pick six with him singled. Uh, I'll have a lot of I'll have a lot of a lot of my bets tied up through him. What do you like about him? So he, you know, he is a pretty quick. He's one of those Europeans that Paul's talked about a few times, where he just sort of pops the gate and he's a, he's you know over there he's a speed horse and. I don't have his figures that far off than the best horses in here, than the Ken Rosses in the modern games. I mean, maybe a length, maybe a length and a half. Um, but, you know, I, I expect him to, to break sharply and then to let smooth like straight and, and beyond brilliant go. And he's just going to sit in the pocket in an absolute perfect spot. And the thing I really like about him is even though he's a speed horse, he had a tremendous late pace figure last time on the, on the little work I've done. And if he can sit the pocket and get first run on a bunch of these horses and finish, you know, at 20, 25 to one, I just think that's a tremendous betting opportunity. If it makes you feel any better, the boys have Pogo running a 103. I mean, that's, yeah, slower in theory than Modern Games and Kinross, two horses that you can tell pretty obvious reasons why they can run slower and that would leave Pogo right in it. I mean, I, I had as a B and I'm tempted to upgrade to an A after your case on Pogo and the trip that he's likely to get. 
from the rail. What do you think about this crazy Breeders' Cup mile, Paul? It is crazy, you know. The, at this point, I think we'll have a better idea of what the what to think of Godolphin and the the other horses. If if Modern Games runs the race at Woodbine, he's winning. You know, that's yeah. The, but there's so many reasons he's not going to do that, right? I mean, an audible that audible to run on Champions Day to try to win the 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 uh, well to to win the 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 the, uh, the, the trainer's title. Um, doesn't that doesn't that make it hard to think he's going to run that race back? Especially also given, I mean, Walton Street ran like a 105 for Appleby in in Canada. As crazy high and over they achieve in in the United States, it feels like at Woodbine they they run even crazier. Yeah, maybe. And and, and I think the the other thing about it was it's it's probably his bread and butter the one the one turn. You know, yeah. that's probably the 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 best thing. And you know, he ran in the straightaway at the which I don't. You know, I don't know how to measure some of those straightaway races that he ran like last time. I, I, I know though. I, I get it. I, I think the one turn is his best, his best gig. But, uh, but I, I'm not buying the layoff stuff. Uh, you know, if if I, I, I your point about the, the Canada, I, I'm, I, I will take. You know, definitely, I, I agree with that completely. I don't, I don't like the the the, the fact that it's back in three weeks or whatever. I don't, I'm not worried about that. Not so um, much that. It's just when they deviate from the plan, right? Like right. It, the plan was to do Woodbine and come here. And then in the heat of the, you know, the trainer title in England is not like the trainer title here. It's not, they don't vote on it. It's money, you know? Right. And Haggis right. has Baid and he thinks, you know, he, he's thinking it's going to come down to this and the horse is doing well and he runs him. But like, you know, how many big efforts can you have? You know, the, you know the, the, I, the... I, I keep coming back in this mile. And I, you just know that domestic spending is going to run good. You know, I just keep coming back to the fact that Chad running in this race is not for a publicity stunt or he's not, he's not doing it to, to do something stupid. You know, he, he's running because he, the horse is going to run good. I just have been trying to figure out and I, and I haven't been able to, I don't know how to quantify it, but can he just circle all 14 horses with the, you know, because he's going to go back to last. Can that happen at Keeneland, Sean? Can, can a horse? Uh, yes. And I, you know, a lot of people have talked about his post. I, I think it actually helps him. I don't think it hurts so, him. I think it, for, for the exact reason you said, they're going to ride him cold. He's going to be last. And he has, elite late pace figures now is he the same horse he was 15 months ago we don't know but if if there's a horse in this race that can do that it's him um it's just you know i mean there's nobody that's ever done the horses off a multi-year layoffs that like chad does nobody no i i did i think i saw the other day he's three for three with like a seven dollar ROI in Grade One races, doing this, yeah, off like three sixty five plus. So I mean, the horse is going to run. Uh, it's just, can yeah, you finish? Can, fast? can you come around fourteen of them going a mile at Keeneland? You know, exactly. that's the. But here's the thing I like about Pogo is his last late pace figure isn't that you know is maybe a length and a half slower than domestic spending. 
and I damn well know he's going to be more than a length and a half in front of him turning for home. So that's, you know, that's the thing is, can he, you know, yes, he can do it. I just, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to, it's hard to actually. I'm just going to, I'm just going to throw out a horse for everybody to just throw in somewhere. I think he's going to out, outrun his odds uh, in this race. And that's the three-year-old filly, Malavath. It's a, it's a, it's one of these wild Europeans that I, we get every once in a while, and uh, the more I look at her, the more I think she's got a shot in this race to get in it. I don't know about to win it because I, I think more than likely, either Modern Games or Domestic Spending is going to win it. I think one of those two horses are going to win it. They're, I think they're the best two horses, and chances are one of them are going to win it. But you know, the horse that Sean likes, I know Duke likes a different horse, and and maybe this bomb, you know. I, I, there might be still ways to make money in the race. Interesting. Who's the Duke long shot in here? I, I don't think it's a long shot, but I, I think this won't be surprising. <laughs> he likes the jockey switch on Ivor. <laughs> <laughs> Ivor's run some sick LPs on your numbers, Sean. Yeah, I've, you know, he's, he's coming into the race pretty nice, I think. He's, he's got a chance at a price. And he always runs. He can get in it. Yeah, he almost always fires. Yeah, you gotta love him for your vertical play, don't you? At the price he's going to be. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, he should get a, a a good trip, and I, you know, I agree with Duke. I think that's a pretty good jockey change. Sean, break the tie on modern games. How much does the, you know, this horse? You and I talked about this horse as if he was going to be, you know, four to five after the, the the Woodbine race. How much do you? That was before we knew Kinross was going to turn up, but it was before we knew he was going to run again, of course. Where do you stand with Modern Games now? So, Modern Games, he he bothers me. Um, and, he, you know, that race at Woodbine was, was one of these weird races where, on my figures, it comes back fast overall, but it doesn't have a correspondingly good late pace figure. It's actually for... for Grade one turf rates. It's actually sort of bad. Um, and that, you know, that was always in the back of my mind. And then when he couldn't go past the speed horse um, in his last race, and I know they went slow and, you know, it, it, but just no turn ground. Yeah. And all that. But I just, I just think there might be a small chink in the armor of that horse. Um, and at a short price, I just, you know, I, I can't, I ba- basically, I guess what I'm saying is I don't trust the, the high final figure from Woodbine at all. So, you know, I, on my ability times I've plugged in, I've got him, you know, basically the same as Pogo and, and some of these other horses just because I don't, I don't trust it. I, I think, I think there's a higher likelihood he, he's more Walton Street than Yabir from last year. We got to talk about Annapolis, a horse who the commercial figures have high. Sean has high. Paul has low. I just like with the course and distance win, improving three-year-old late in the year. Don't really trust the ones at the top of the market. I guess the logical question to you, Paul, is why do you think everybody else is wrong about this Annapolis fig from the last day? Well, I mean, Annapolis ran slower than Regal Glory. You know, that, figure-wise, um, in, in that race, the, the the final time was slower than 
So if you if you if you have to go if you're going high on that one, you but you got to go. I noticed that some of some of the people did go high on the in Italian Regal Glory race. So you can't have it both ways. If you're gonna if you're gonna go and you think the Annapolis went through the moon, then then those two fillies ran. And I'll tell you something else about it. And Sean will back this up on me. The the Philly race finished better. It was faster, and they were further behind. The last they they were they got to the three quarters slower. In in that yep. in that on that day. Once numbers reflect that, he has a crazy mm-hmm. LP on Regal Glory, a very very good LP on Annapolis, but a wild LP on 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 Regal Glory. I suppose we should talk about her for a minute. Well, if 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 you believe that all those races that day. You know, it basically comes down to where do you think those, those, those two races land? And I had a hard time believing that in Italian and Regal Glory, who are really good fillies, ran elite numbers in that race. I just, I, I, I struggled with it a little bit, and I just said, it's more likely that they ran their races and then the other horses had trips or whatever, and that was the reason why. With that being said, and also with that, that El Napolis got a perfect trip, I could see him still moving forward. It's just one of those things where you were talking about earlier for me. I can't bet him. He got one of the greatest rides you'll ever see by Irad that day. And I, I, I get it. He finished good. He held everybody off. And maybe he's a three-year-old. He can go forward again. But it's just one of these things where I'm not betting it from the 10 hole. You know, I'm, just, I'm not betting it to happen. Even, even if he's, you know, even if he goes drifts a little bit in the price, I, I'm just... I got to throw him out, and, and that's how it goes. Sean, your thoughts on Annapolis Regal Glory, and then quick thought on the in Italian figure as well. Um, I, I, I've, got, I've got them both running. You know, I've got those figures fast. I just bought in that those horses are getting better um, and, and ran, ran fast. So, I, you know, what I'll do, but I do sort of agree with Paul that it, it, it sort of comes out of nowhere on – Annapolis and Regal Glory, especially. Um, so, on my stuff, you know, in Italian is looks really good in the Philly and Mare Turf. If she lays an egg early in the card, then I'll, you know, think about these horses a little differently. Um, but I've got them figure wise competitive with with a lot of the top of this market, and you know, I'm probably I don't think the draw helps either one of them. Um, so that's why, that's why I went to, to Pogo. I just wanted to find a price in this race. I wouldn't be shocked if Regal Glory or Annapolis won it, but I think I'm going to get better value on the, on the inside horse. So that's, that's sort of my reasoning there. We're going to close on the classic, but I want to throw it back to each of you to give a thought on another race, another horse, another sequence, any other point you want to make before we wrap it on the classic. We'll try to get out of here in about five minutes. But, uh, Sean, we'll keep it with you just for one other horse or one other note you have that you definitely want to share with the listeners before it's all said and done. Uh, you know, like I said earlier, I really like Cody's wish in the in the mile or the dirt mile. Um, but I also think Law Professor is is – sort of peaking and, and has gotten much better lately and, and could run a really big race in there at a price. He's a little interesting, is he, off that barn change? Like, there's some subtle reasons why that might not just be a total fluke. If you like him, though, 
well, we'll get to the classic, but so let's put a pin in this. But it does make me wonder if you might make some interesting contrarian idea about, about life is good. What about you, Paul, in terms of other horses before we get to the classic that you want to make sure you, you'd mention on a show like this? Well, in the Philly sprint, I, the more I look at that race, the more I think that slammed is going to get loose. I know that seems a little odd. I, maybe the Rudy horse runs with her for a quarter mile, but I don't even care. Um, if the track is any way showing that it's speed or the, the way that Keeneland can get, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to be interested in her to back up that race that she ran on uh, last, you know, a few weeks ago at Keeneland. Uh, I think there's a lot of speed in there, but it's not. And it's Hot not Peppers six- is out, by the way, if folks miss that. But there is one speed that's out. Oh, that's perfect. Hot Peppers yeah. is out too? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's even pepper. better. I didn't yeah. even know. That's the one I was talking about. I didn't care, but that's the only one I thought that might run with her just for a second. But that's even better. I, I think everybody's got this assumption that that race is going to be a fast pace, and I don't. I think uh, I think Slammed is going to get loose. Whether she can she can cut it for seven furlongs, you know, I, at, at the right price, I think uh, I'll take my chances at Keeneland, especially if it's anything resembling the. <laughs> The Keeneland Speedway. It's funny. It's like you make me feel sharp here, Paul, because that was my notes. Possible speed of the speed. Up track, uh, upgrade if the track is playing. Okay. There you um, go. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I I, I had as a B. Uh, I and felt like that was a wise guy. We'll we'll see how it all we'll see how it all turns out with, with Slam. Let's get to the big one, guys. The Bre- the Breeders' Cup Classic, and, and Paul, we're starting with you. Because I think you've tipped your hand that you don't think Flightline is nailed on. Am I reading that correctly? Yeah, I, I actually think that the right play is to to bet against Flightline. And I have I have a myriad of reasons. It's not just solely because of the price. But, um, you know, I, it's pro- maybe not to the level. It's pr- probably ahead of your time, you guys' time. But you'll, you'll know the horses. So, you know, I just have a remembrance of when Cigar ran against uh, Holy Bull in what is now the Pegasus, you know, what used to be the Don Handicap, you know, this was supposed to be some crowning race for Holy Bull, and it was going to tip off that he was going to have this championship year. And I, was, I wasn't sold on it, and I knew how good Cigar was, and I just thought maybe the whole, the whole story is going to change after, after this day, you know. And um, I get that same feeling in, in this race, and I'll, I'll tell you why. First of all, the Del Mar mile and a quarter races, since they've gone back to dirt, and anybody can watch them if they want to go watch them, they've all become these strange races where horses um, win by open lengths. If you remember Beholder won, and it's funny because you can listen to Trevor talk about it. You'll never see anything like this ever before again. And he says it year after year. <laughs> California Chrome, you'll never see a horse win so easy in your life. You won the next year. Then uh, the Accelerate, won by 15 lengths in the, in the next time going a mile and a quarter. And Sadler had another horse that he had, that higher power horse that never ran even close. Never, I don't think he ever won again. 
won the won it by open lengths and ran a fast figure of 115 or whatever. It's just a weird race where things can get out of proportion. And I I'll even go one step further. I was sitting in a in in a place with guys that don't normally and they started betting on what the time is going to be before the race. And I and I said it's going to be 159 and 2. So when it pops up and he wins in 159 and 2, it's not shocking to me. You know what I mean? It, it it's not as worldly as it appeared, you know? And I get a kick out of some of this stuff on the optics where they say that stuff can't be right. That Taba's got a faster middle, you know? Don't argue with the data. You know, that's what I'm going to tell handicappers. Don't argue. Figure out why, you know, why that is. Because the visual does not always represent what what actually happened, you know. With that being said, he's the most talented in the race in the horse, or in, most talented uh, horse in the race, obviously. And he could, he could definitely win the race. I'm not saying it, but it's gone too far. It's gone way too far, two to five. He's never run against the horse. They can tell me country grammar or whatever. Country grammar, since he's come back from the Dubai, hasn't broken a hundred figure. He has never run against these horses. He has never faced the pace pressure he's going to face. He could even, I could envision, in a, in a different jockey colony, I don't think he's even going to be, he, he might not even be in the first two or three horses if they if they rode differently, you know. Especially with knowing how they're gonna they're gonna try to ride him. I mean, if he wanted to make the if he wanted to get into a cutthroat duel, he probably could. But that's not how Pratt is gonna ride him. So I'm a little worried in the fact that if he goes out and he stalks, life is good, and they go slow, like we see in this country in these route races over and over and over again, and everybody else concedes, well, then he's gonna win. He'll probably win the race because life is good can't can't see out a mile and a quarter. But I have a little hope that there's going to be some gamesmanship. Life is good when he ran against Nick's go. He, he, he didn't concede. He took it to him right away. And I think that he's going to get softened up chasing life is good. Life is good is not going to quit after a half a mile like First Hope did or like Baby Yoda did. They're not even in the same league. <laughs> Life is good is an awesome horse. He just has problems in the last eighth of a mile. It's going to be a real race. We're not. This is not going to be a, 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 a total same thing that the, the Pacific Classic was. He's not going to just sit on life is good and open up by 20 lengths in the turn. It's just not going to happen. He could win. He, he, he could beat him. He, he couldn't, but I think the perception has gotten out of whack, and, the, and in turn, the odds are going to get out of whack. Amazing case. Who's going to beat him, Paul? Well, I, I, that that's the harder part. You know, I, I, I definitely think Epicenter, the, the story of the day, I think, is going to be three-year-olds. I think Epicenter and Taba are the most likely two to beat him. I could see a scenario where Life is Good could win if the track was speed and, and it was kind of a strange old – I mean – Sean wouldn't, <laughs> Sean wouldn't be surprised if Life is Good would win in 2001 or 2005, you know, the old, <laughs> the old Keeneland. But I'm probably not going to have that, that scenario. So. But I, I'm going to pick Epicenter. I just think Epicenter has turned it on to where he is 
going to go forward off that race. And I don't see any scenario where Flightline goes forward. I, I expect him to go back. He can regress and win, but I think there's no doubt in my mind Epicenter's going forward. Sean, they run this race 100 times. How many of them does Flightline win? Sorry, I had to call for a quick. Um, <laughs> That's uh, okay. That was, the, that was nothing compared to the JK stuck on mutes on this show. Uh, usually. They've run it a hundred times. How many times does Flightline win? Um, you know, I, first I want to say Paul's analysis of the pace of this race is really, really good. Um, and he's he's exactly right that the difference between a lot of those horses that he mentioned at, at Del Mar and Flightline is Flightline finished in like a 113 LP for me last time. And, you know, that just tells me that, yeah, he softened it up in the middle of that race. But, you know, a lot of these horses soften it up in the middle of the race or just run, you know, run as fast as he did. And they only finished in like a 102, 103. So, you know, the races where he's run fast in the middle, the, you know, the Met Mile and the Malibu, I know those are shorter races, but his LPs were still better than most of what these things do. So I think it's going to be, he's, he's going to be very hard to beat given any pace scenario. Just because I think, you know, that last late pace figure for a dirt, basically speed horse is, you know, scary good. Um, I, I would say he wins this race 75 times out of 100. But I also think what Paul said about the odds and the way the race is going to be bet is, is correct in that there's tremendous equity in trying to catch one of those 25 times that he doesn't win the race. Right. Um, Cause you could really, you could really score if he gets beat. Um, so even though you, you know, overwhelming favorite, a horse that I'm guessing you will use in your pick six, but it sure sounds to me like it's worth setting aside in your exact example, 25% of your pick six play and trying to beat him, which horses would you put in those 25% of your tickets? Well, I'm playing a set of tickets, you know, specifically to beat him just because I think that, that that's the right gamble. You know, I'll have him singled on most of my tickets, but, you know, for instance, on the ticket that, that Pogo wins, you know, where I've got Pogo singled, I'm going to come back and use Taiba. Life is good. Hot Rod Charlie and Epicenter, and very little of Hot Rod Charlie, um, to try to beat Flightline because, you know, in my mind, that's a ticket that could pay a million dollars or be the only ticket or something. And it's just, you know, I don't think it's a likely scenario, but I want to be there if it happens, just financially. Risk and reward. Exactly. And that's, you know, that's why we do this it's you know it's awesome to say yeah yeah you know i predicted flight line within the classic in august what who gives a shit i'd much rather say i predicted him to lose and won a million dollars 
So, uh, <laughs> or I didn't even predict him to lose, but I accounted for the possibility that he could, he could. lose. Exactly. You know what I mean? You're not saying he will lose when you say he's going to win 75% of the time. This no, is the next level. Could. This is what we're here for, boys. I think he actually could run faster than he did in, in Del Mar. We could really see something special. But at the same time, I'm not going to bet every penny I'm, I'm betting on the day on that scenario. I think we need Paul to talk specifically about the pick six so we can kind of apples and apples um, your two different views on this race, if they're even different. I mean, let's. No, no let's they're different. They're, I'm fading them. Completely. No flight line. No, no flight line. I, I might have a ticket. I'll tell you what I might have a ticket. We didn't talk about the race. That turf race, if the horse from Brazil wins, I might, <laughs> I might use flight line in the turf race. But I'm not using them on. I'm not using them on anything. Basically, on the on the on those type of bets. I'm going to bet a little to win a lot. I I think I'm right on this. I'm. I know people think I'm being contrarian, but everything that I've thought about about this race, the the more I think about it, the more I'm, I think I'm right. There's data. I, I saw that optics plot today. I, I think it's a little. The optics plot is a little out of whack in the fact that. Taiba was too strong on that because of the bias at Parks. Again, people are saying, you know, I saw some comments on Twitter. How can that be right? You know, it, there's no way that possibly can be right. Don't argue with the data. There's reasons why. You know, Taiba got a good scenario, but I also think Taiba can move forward. He's not a horse I would be uh, shocked to see if he runs if he runs a good race. Um, I just. Which- I just feel that Epicenter is the right horse to play because there's no doubt in my mind he's moving forward. He's gonna he is gonna run he's gonna run an epic race. If Flightline is just that good and more talented than well, so be it. I mean, it won't be it won't be the the, the last bet I lose. But <laughs> I, I am I am I disagree with what Sean says. I don't see any scenario where he's gonna run run better i know it's good for racing it's a good dream for everybody to think oh he's gonna run 130 and you know it's a secretariat thing uh, I, I don't see it he's, he's not he and that doesn't mean he, i'm saying he's gonna lose or that he that he can't win it's not it's that would be a stupid thing to say however just think about betting it's you got a horse who's not gonna run as good versus a horse who is gonna run better it seems like it's a long way, but it ain't that far in the middle. Fascinating take. I love it. When you talk about a Brazilian horse, are you talking Ivar or Nautilus? <laughs> Nautilus. I think he's just a wild, outrageous bomb in that race in the turf because, boy, I tell you, that's, that's some weak edition of the turf. <laughs> I know we didn't get a chance to talk about it, but... Well, bonus, bonus coverage. We just hit 90 minutes, so just... Quick bonus coming to me. <laughs> I think that race might be simpler, Paul, than people are making it out to be. You know, five years from now, we'll all look back at that race and no one will I know what you're going to say. You're going to say it's Mishrif wins, right? Best horse in the race is Mishrif, and yeah. he's 6-1. to one. So why are we talking about this? You know, I think, I, and maybe you can have the connection to find out. I think Gosden is here for the other one, and he's bringing Mishrif along for the for shits and giggles. But... <laughs> Victory tour, yeah, he's bringing him over, and he's and, and he's hoping for the best and whatever. But but if he's not, 
and this was his plan all along, um, well, I, I think you're right. So it's like one of those things where the odds are probably it's worth it because, like you say, I mean, any of his old races, he's going he's gonna to win, you know. But, and I don't know what to do with that with him because of that. But, but he's not going to be that short. So it's not, it's, you know, you can manage it, I think. Yeah, I mean, if he was a fat favorite, I'd think about him. And the fact is, he could get, let's say Appleby does Appleby things. <laughs> There's a world in which this horse is seven or eight to one of the tote. Yeah, without a doubt. That's crazy, isn't it, Sean? What do you think? And his two horses are, 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 you know, definitely horses that you can bet against. I, I don't disagree. I mean, they can win, but they're they're not they're not nailed on, and they might bet them like they're nailed on. But Sean, we got to get your opinion on the turf before we get out of here. Yeah, I, I think it's I think you're right about Mishra. If, if he's the old Mishra, if he's the best horse in there, um, I think you're right about the Applebee's. They can win, but uh, Nation's Pride is probably going to be maybe the most overbet horse of the weekend, in my opinion. He's just he's just not fast in the you know the your beer comparisons make zero sense to me. Um, you had that you beer race last year a lot faster than most people did. To be fair to you, to you. No, I, yeah, I know, and that's why when I say it doesn't make sense to me, I can see it if I'm looking at uh, other figures, but it, on my stuff, it's that's just not a real comparison. Um, yeah, and Nation probably I, got a perfect trip, and he beat he beat that uh, classic Causeway or <laughs> whatever yeah, it was in the thirty to one shot. Yabir. At all, you know. Yeah. Your beer won despite his trip in the in the other race. Yeah, your beer was your beer was amazing. I I, I sort of like Stone Age a little bit in the turf. Um, just at the you know at the price, I think he's going to be. That that's a good question for you, uh, Pete. What, what, those horses that they use as rabbits. When they when they decide that they're not gonna, we don't see that anymore in in this country. Are they no. are they spent or can a horse like that get flipped no, around and, and actually run a good race? I think they can bounce back. It's one of the reasons I like Broom. You know, I mean, here's a horse that's excelled over. You know, in this very race, his Hardwick gives him a speed figure that's as fast as anything in this race. They literally haven't been trying the last two times, and. His sword dancer isn't as bad as it looks because he just, you know, he's a speed horse. It's funny because, you know, it, it, it takes some, it takes my brain getting around it a little bit for a horse that closed in his good race here and, you know, closed the last start in North America. But that's, that's not really him, you know? I mean, he's, if, if they let him go off at a big price, put him in your doubles. I mean, he, that horse has an absolute chance to win to me. And I'm, I'm, you know, a little inclined. My opinion on this race is evolving, where I think I just want to beat the Applebee's and play Stone Age and play uh, Broom and and play Mishrif and, and call it a day. I mean, I think I think that could be a viable strategy in this race. A wild bomb you could use is Red Knight. I know it's a old. He's clunked around and he's nine years old, but since since Maker's trained him, he has run better, and he got a ridiculous ride in his last race. And I'm not sure about winning, but. I definitely think he could outrun his odds. You're not the first person to say positive things about Red Knight on these airwaves for this race, Paul. When we had, I think the first bit of Breeders' Cup content I did was me and Jessica Paquette going through and just talking about horses we were looking forward to seeing run. And she made a compelling case for him as well. And 
you know, he could go, he, he could be name your price depending on how this market uh, evolves. In, well, that's why I kept I saying this, this race here could be, it's so bad. It could be a, a, anything. I think I, I, I wouldn't shock me if Channel Maker won it. The, the race is, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, a, it's I've never seen a, a turf race be, maybe the one that the field besides bricks and mortars, that was a bad, that was a bad field too. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, Sean, do you, you got any, can you remember one that was as bad as this? It's, it's not good, is it? I mean, I've got, <laughs> I've got the par at around a 108. And, you know, Nation's Pride is maybe go off the favorite. He just ran a fucking 94 for me. So, yeah, it's not a, it's not a good field. It's not a vintage renewal. I mean, 108 wise, you know, the good, the, the, the best of Mishriff is right there. That's why if anybody really likes Warlike Goddess, I, I wouldn't talk him off of it. Because if, if, you, if you're under the, the – uh, that she just going to – she keeps getting better, um, I can see it, you know, with uh, – My problem with, my with her, funny enough, my, my issue with her is simply having looked at your guys' data. Because the commercial figures on her are seven or more points <laughs> higher. So I just feel like – if I have access to what you guys are doing and I see that, it just, I mean, I take your point. Like if you like her, you know, better, but, but for me, I, I, even in a week renewal with the information that I have in front of me, I think she's a total fade, but I mean, I take, but I take your point, you know, um, I feel like we should touch on Nashua for one second because it seems like, were you indicating that you like her in the Philly and Turf? That's the Gosta you were referring to, I'm guessing. I like I like the horses out of that race. The, I don't think they're. I, I'm under the assumption that one of those three horses that ran against each other at Longchamp in that race, I think they're clearly uh, better than the rest of the field. And I don't think that Intai is going to make it. Um, I think there's a rabbit in that race too. I don't think she's going to make it a mile and whatever the distance is, mile three sixteen. The uh, I'm not sure which one's better. The of the three. Because because of the ground, you know, like I think they're all super talented fillies, like high class fillies. But um, I think you're going to see a good effort from one of the three. But I'm a little confused because the that the turf was so was so was so messed up there. And I, I get it that Tuesday got the worst trip of the three by far in the, in that race. But I think Nashville has been pointing for this more than the other two. And I think he's, he's probably going to have a peak to... So it's kind of one of those things where I think Nash is the most likely winner, but she's also going to be probably the most bet. So, Sean, you mentioned to me that you like Tuesday, right, in this spot? I, I do, yeah. Um, I like Tuesday in Italian, but of those of those three Euros, I like Tuesday the best. I just think... Guys, we gotta, we, we gotta bring it home. We're, we're an hour 40 in, but... Before we go, and we can't go deep on this, we could do 20 minutes, but we're going to do it in two. One thing I always do when I have you two together, if you if either of you has a specific question for the other one about a horse, about a figure, I think we should do that, and then we'll, we'll close the door. Um, Sean, we'll start off with you. Did you have anything particular you want to ask Paul on air before we wrap it up? Gosh, you always put me on the spot like this. <laughs> we'll go no the other way then, because I no bet Paul has one at the ready for you. Well, I've already, I think I've already asked him about six or seven. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's the, fair. The, 
the the mile dirt race I think is an interesting race and Sean's uh, Sean said he liked law prof, law professor and I um I, I take it that you had the the figure much higher on life is good even though it was probably a regression off his Whitney but higher than what maybe some of these other guys had. Right. And that, you know, those, that's the kind of question I want to ask you, but there is zero chance we could do it in two minutes. So I was struggling to come up with a different one, but just the, the figure making on some of these races. Um, I got another interesting just, one for you, Sean, real quick. Awesome. The, the, yeah. I heard that Pletcher was really happy that like all his horses <laughs> regressed and it was, to me, it was really unusual that every horse that he had actually did take a slight, even though they all won, mm-hmm. besides Annapolis, they all they all had a slight regression into the, and he was kind of claiming like that was by design. I, I mean, A, did, A, did you have it like that? And B, do you believe that it was by design or just maybe that's what he's hoping? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do, I, I do basically have it like that even though you know i have the life is good figure a lot faster than most it it is a regression um but i think the regression on his figure was more pace related without a doubt without a doubt um do i think it was by design i i don't know i mean pletcher's so good i'd be inclined to trust him if he if he thinks that's a good idea i'm not gonna say it's a bad idea i was taken by that statement like that that he was that i i kind of agree with that if if he would say that, he probably meant to do that. But I, I just, <laughs> I just have a, I just have a problem from a gambling standpoint of of betting horses that you know are really declined. And when I when I put that designation on my stuff, it means more than just like their final dropped off. But you know, like, I, it it makes it especially in, in in this instance when a lot of them were so visually impressive and their number dropped off. Because then you're just going to take a beating on the odds anyway, so it just makes the it, it makes the it makes the wagering side of things so much more. I agree. It's a hard it's a hard one to see. Life is good is is a good example of one where it actually worked last year, though. If you if you remember, he he arguably his lowest figure is, is the race right before the the Breeders' Cup last year. And the, yeah, and no, that's it, true. And I thought the same thing last year. I thought it was all pace related because his his late pace. Uh, numbers really shot up, and that just told me he's just as sharp as he was previously, even though his figure went down. Right, and he, uh, and he ran his best race that he had run for Todd, you know, right, exactly. right after. That's that, what so. he did in the Woodward for me. Is his final dropped off, and his late pace figure shot back up. So, um, well, that that was a weird race, though. The Woodward, that 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 was. figure was. was kind of made up, just for anybody. The Woodward was a one-off. You know, they had those two crazy. Uh, sealed racetracks right before it, and then they harrowed it for, for that race. And you know, that's the toughest thing about doing figures for everybody. You know, not all figures are created are created equally. You know, sometimes they can't be wrong, and then sometimes it's just, you, you know, you're just doing your best to guess. You know, and when you, yeah, and when you look right. at it in a form, they all they all look alike. You know, they you don't you don't have any way of knowing which one was real and which one was, you know, 50%. You and I have a little bit of an advantage because we know that because we're the ones, yeah. you know, doing them for ourselves, but for everybody out there doing them, you know, keep in mind that, you know, every figure isn't just gospel that you see, you know, a great majority are, but there are some ones out there that, 
you know, it might be based off one race. It might be based uh, off no races, <laughs> you know. Other changes, the track changes. It's, 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 there's as much art as science. I mean, that's something we point out a lot. And one of the reasons why I love being able to look at multiple figure sources as well. Did you come up with one more thing you wanted to talk to um, uh, Paul about specifically, Sean, or, or is it my bedtime? I think it's everybody's bedtime. <laughs> we went so not much Paul. I know it's not, I know it's not Paul's bedtime. Yeah. Paul will be up all night. <laughs> I cannot help myself when I talk to you guys. I say to myself, this one's just going to be an hour. We nearly went to you guys are the best. I mean, these conversations, if you don't learn something, listen to these two, I can't help you. Some brilliant ideas. I can't wait to incorporate some of this stuff into my breeders cup handicapping. And I can't wait to have you guys back on these airwaves soon. All right. Good luck, everybody. Thanks. Great stuff. Well, thank our sponsors, Mill Ridge, one more time. Can't emphasize enough how much I like the Bell family and everything they're doing out there and the way they understand and embrace, you know, horse players' role in this whole thing. Get out to horse country. If you have questions about getting involved in the horse business, uh, Price will talk to you, and he's an amazing dude. Reach out to me through the In the Money Media uh, contact page, inthemoneypodcast.com and go to the contact page and, and, and hit us up there. If you're looking for even more Breeders' Cup stuff at this late date, you get our picks grid and a bunch of other great content in themoneypodcast.com slash plus. For that, it is time to go to bed. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, 10 Strike Racing. Thank you, Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation. Thank you, Breeders' Cup. May you win all your Breeders' Cup photos.